still in the series of how to hear from God, how to hear God's voice. I've said this over and over. I don't know that there's many more things that, that are important to us as a Christ follower. We must learn to recognize God's voice. Something we've said at the beginning of every uh, message is this. God has spoken in times past, and he still speaks today. Hearing his voice will positively shape your life and future. Listen, we have to know that, that God is still speaking today. God speaking can answer your most burning question, calm your deepest fears, bring clarity of direction, and fulfill your loftiest dreams. Listen, when you read through the Bible, it's, it's amazing to see how God spoke to people. If you've ever wished for the same thing to happen to you today, you must know that it can. If you read the Bible and you see how God spoke then and you question whether he's speaking today, he does speak and he is speaking. Let's settle there. God is speaking. He is always speaking. And if you've struggled with that, listen, today in these next few moments, that could change for you. My prayer is that at least by the end of this series, which I think is next Sunday, we all end this series or leave this series going, man, I think I'm hearing God more. And, oh, you know, I didn't dismiss the students. I am so sorry. Students, you guys get out of here. No wonder I'm getting so many dirty looks. No, I'm kidding. I didn't get any dirty, I didn't get any dirty looks. So sorry. So you guys, have fun. Get out of here. I hope that we all end this series saying, man, I... I hear God more clearly, or I, I hear God more often. A verse that's hanging in our uh, sanctuary right at the back that's in every four-square church says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, we can expect to hear from God, and we can expect to hear from him in a variety of ways variety of ways. So as we're going through this series, we're talking about many ways. Here's some ways that we've already discovered that God speaks. He speaks through his word. He speaks through our desires. He speaks through doors, whether those doors be opened or closed. And this morning, we're going to talk about two other ways that God speaks to us. And here's the first one, or the number four in the series. God speaks to us through dreams and visions. Let me clarify this. He doesn't speak to you through all dreams <laughs> or every dream. How many of you say you have crazy dreams? Anybody? Yeah, yeah sometimes I have dreams, and it's, I don't dream real often. It's, and mine are always the extreme. They're always just like really whacked out. Like, why in the world was I dreaming that? Or they are definitely from God, and I know that, and, and I'm sensitive to that. But not every dream, not all dreams, but this is a way that God has chosen to speak to us through dreams and through visions. We certainly see this in the story of Joseph, and we don't have time to go through that story, but we're all familiar with that story. Joseph has this dream, and then later on it, it comes to fruition where he is the second highest in command over all of Egypt, and in fact, over all of the world, because at the time, the world was looking to Egypt because of the famine that it hit. But listen, not all. here's some things that we can learn from Joseph and his story. I, I almost said mistakes, but his story. The first one is this. Not all dream, dreams are meant to be shared, even if they come from God. Like even if you've had the dream and you know they're from God, not all dreams are meant to be shared. I'm sure that as Joseph went on through his life, he probably looked back and said, maybe I shouldn't have shared that one. Or maybe the, 
the timing wasn't right, or maybe I said it in, in the wrong way or with a haughty spirit, or, but not all dreams are meant to be shared. Here's another one. Dreams can be about guiding us to become who God has designed us to be. Let me say that again. Dreams can be about guiding us to become who God has designed us to be. If you're, if you're older like me, um, Look, whenever she does that, Ross, just, I, I'm, I said older, I'm not old. I, but here's the, here's the thing, uh, what I'm becoming, what God wants me to become, I dream a, a little less. Anybody else in the room with me? I dream a little less about what God wants me to become because I, I think I am who he wants me to be. There's also a bunch of shaping and direction and guidance and I'm looking for the next step. And, but I remember when I was younger, I had so many different dreams and I was trying to discern which one of those were from God and which one from me. When I was in high school, I played baseball and I did pretty well in baseball, I had some college opportunities, but I knew that God called me into the ministry. And so I was at conflict between my dreams, the dreams that David had, and the dreams that God was giving me about ministry. And I was trying to convince him that the two could be one. And it just didn't happen, right? But dreams and visions can shape us into becoming who God wants us to be. Here's the last thing that we can, well, there's many things, but here's the third thing that we can learn. It could take years for the dream to come to pass. Could take years. In Joseph's case, 23 years from the time that he had the dream of his family bowing down to him to the time that it actually happened because of all that God had taken him through and because of who Joseph had become. 23 years. If you're like me, and I'm sure there's a few others in the room, I'm pretty impatient. In fact, pretty is, is a soft word. I am very much impatient. Uh, I, I, if I could meet the guy who invented the, the red light or the stop sign, or maybe it was a woman, I don't know. If, if I could meet them, I would have a few things to say to them, right? Because I don't like stopping. I don't like to be patient. How, how many of you are like me? Like whenever you come to a four-way stop, like you could be a mile away from a four-way stop and you're already dreading the stop. Anybody else there with me? And, and what goes through my mind is, Lord, please don't let anybody else be at this four-way stop because I want to continue to like people and I have a hard time liking people at a four-way stop. I know I'm not the only one. How many of you just hate it when you pull to the four-way stop? You're there first, but somebody else is kind of coming up right away, and so you just want to be nice, and you give them the smile and the wave. You do this, and then they look at you and go, I'm like, no, I wait first, you go. And, uh, sorry. Sorry, I was like PTSD or something happening. All that to say, sometimes as God gives us dreams and visions, we've got to be patient to allow God's timing to take place. Even though we're confident to know this is God, the question I've always begun to ask after I see or sense or hear God's direction, the question I begin to ask is when. I've stayed away from even how, but I am asking when every time. Listen, God speaking through dreams and visions is a wonderful thing He said he would do, he said that he would do this. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he said the Father would send the Holy Spirit. And a promise with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was that God would speak through dreams and visions. It wasn't something he said I might do. It wasn't something he says I'm thinking about doing. 
It was a promise to us. Look at Acts 2.17. Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on who? On all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, even though we see men in this, it's talking about mankind. Mankind will have visions and dreams, and it's, it's a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, not just then when this was being written about, but in our lives today. And I would say this, if you're not having dreams or visions that you are confident are from God, I would say this to you, ask him, ask him to give you dreams, ask him to give you visions. I'm still asking for the visions because it says young will see visions. Ask him, ask him because he'll do it. Listen, the gospel came to the Gentiles because of a double vision. So we have Joseph's dreams. Let's look at an instance where there was visions and what took place from that. The gospel actually came to the Gentiles because of a double vision, not like seeing two things, two people having visions. If you read this story, and we don't have time, but in Acts 10, 1 through 18, we see that Cornelius has a vision about finding Peter. That God tells him in the vision to send people, men, to go find Peter. And Peter's having this kind of a weird vision of, about food on, on a sheet or, or a blanket, and he's trying to decipher what it was, but it later is revealed that he's going to meet up with Cornelius. So in this particular instance, not only is Cornelius having a vision, but Peter is as well. And the result is this, that people come to know who Jesus is as their Savior, as Peter makes his way to Cornelius' house and to speak to those who were present, and it says a large group, I don't know how, how much that means or how many that means, but as Peter began to preach there, it says all, be, all were saved, and it also says this, that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were baptized. Listen, God is still speaking through dreams. He's still speaking through visions. And if that's not happening in your life, just begin to ask him to do that more frequently. Here's something about dreams. The meanings of dreams are not always immediately discernible. We saw that in the same story that I just talked about, specifically in Acts 10, verse 17. It says this, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. So he was given this vision, and he's still trying to figure out what it means. Listen, let's not stress out about it. If you have a vision and there's some confidence there to know that it's from God, but you don't quite understand it, be okay with that. Here's the thing about visions that God gives us or dreams that God gives us, or if we just speak more in generally as he's speaking to us, here's something that we have to understand. I'm a finite being trying to understand an infinite God, and I don't always have clarity right away. In fact, sometimes it takes days and weeks, and Joseph, we go back to that 23 years. But listen, it's okay. If you have a dream or a vision or as, as God speaks, you don't quite understand what's being spoken or what he's, it's okay. It's okay. I don't think that we can instantly every time. Sometimes it just has to do with what I just spoke of, a finite mind trying to understand an infinite God. And sometimes for me, it's God gives me glimpses because as I said before, I'm impatient. 
If you give me the whole picture, I'm going to do everything I can in my own power to accomplish that. So for me, like sometimes God gives me just glimpses. You know, it's like a puzzle being put together. And each time I get some more clarity, I respond to it. And then more clarity and I respond to it. And then more clarity, I, I respond to it. All right, so God speaks through visions and he speaks through dreams. Here's the fifth point of the series. God speaks to us through people. We find this in Acts uh, chapter 9, verses 10 through 15. And, and in reality, we actually find it through the entire Bible. You can read the entire Bible and their story after story. And let's be clear, too, it goes back to the first point of the series. If you are holding the Bible in your hand, God is speaking to you. Every time you open up God's word, he's speaking to you. And he spoke through people in scripture, and he speaks through people today. I hope and I pray that each Sunday morning as we gather, God is speaking through me. I hope and I pray that each morning that we gather, God's speaking through you as well to those around you. Listen, God doesn't just speak through pastors and preachers and prophets. He speaks to anyone who follows Jesus. If you know Jesus as your Savior... I'm confident of this, that the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, dwells within you. And God desires to use you to speak to those around you. There's not a question mark after that. There's an exclamation point. God wants to use you to speak to those around you. Not just while we're here in this building, not while we're at church, but in, in other moments of your life, as you're shopping, as you're at work, as you're dropping your kids off to school, as I, whatever moment you find yourself in, God has a desire to speak through you to those around you. Is that exciting or is that a little scary? Exciting, exciting and scary, right? Because there's certainly been times where I felt like God was saying, I want you to approach that person and say this. And I'm like, no, no. Can I text them? Can I text them, God? Listen, we've got to be more bold, especially in the world that we live in today. We've just got to be more bold because God is consistently wanting to use you to minister to those around you, and we just have to take a risk at times. Listen, I know you're scared. I know it's, it's nerve-wracking. For me, there's still questions of, oh my goodness, is this God? Is it just me? Or is it, and there's a way, I wish we had time to go into some ways where I judge that, but and God is wanting to use us, and he's wanting to use us often. Listen, sometimes God speaks to us for us, and sometimes God speaks to us for others. And I know that certainly happens as we gather. Sometimes what we speak to others is a clear presentation of God's word and will, like it directly lines up with scripture. In fact, the practice that I have, when I begin to sense some type of prophetic word or, or, or prompting, I ask the Holy Spirit to also give me a scripture that aligns with it so that I know that it, 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 it aligns with what God's already spoken and it's not just me. So sometimes the word that's given to us for others is a clear presentation just of God's word and will, something that he's already spoken. Other times it's a clear presentation of his character. So maybe you can't think of some, a, a specific verse or a specific story. My thing is, if you ask the Holy Spirit, in my experience, generally he gives me the answer to that. He brings a story to my mind. But if, if that's not happening for you, at least ask this question. What I'm sensing to speak, does it align with God's character? Or maybe this, with the emotion that I'm feeling to speak this, does it align with God's character? 
How many of you grew up in a church? I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal. It was actually a Foursquare church, part of the same denomination that our Grace family is. However, it looked a lot different. We were really, we were, I say really, really Pentecostal. We were, uh, I mean, things were happening all the time. You know, you know people yelling out in tongues and running around the room. And, but what I, was, what I was a little confused about, especially as a teenager, I don't know that I even paid attention as a kid, but as a teenager, I always felt like, why does it, every time God speaks, he sounds angry? That's just how it came out, at least in, in my recollection. Maybe that's not how it really happened. But I remember as a teenager, just often struggling because we would have revivals or special services and some prophetic words were given and, and always just came out very angry. And I thought, why is God always so mad? And you know what happened in my life? I struggled wanting to be in God's presence because I thought he was always mad at me. What I've come to know as an adult is that's seldom true. Now, does he get disappointed? And sometimes, listen, let me back up. Sorry, that was me rewinding the tape. (laughs) Sometimes what happens in my head should not pop out of my mouth. (laughs) Sometimes God does speak in an authoritative way. I mean, I know that he, I see see instances in scripture where he's angry. Um, For me, I've come to just recognize it as, man, God's speaking with an authority and he is getting my attention. But it was, it's with so much love that I feel that first, even with the realization of, oh, David better be quiet and listen up, right? Have we ever had to say this to our children or wives to your husband? Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Look at me right here. Pay attention, right? So sometimes God is speaking in a very authoritative way to me uh, to get my attention. But know this, it's always, it's always about love and it's always about redeeming, redemption, right? So even if you can't, again, even if you can't align it with scripture, can you align it to God's character, even if there's some emotion behind it? Listen, a prophetic word, we, you hear that word a lot, or, or maybe we should hear it more often, but a, a prophetic word is strengthening, encouraging, and comforting, but that doesn't mean that it can't be confrontational, but it's always redemptive. I mean, there's so many times as I'm reading through scripture that a scripture jumps off the page, and it's challenging who I am. It's challenging practices or habits in my life. It's challenging the way that I, I think right? It's challenging me to become more like Jesus. So can God's message or word to you be confrontational? Absolutely it can, but it's always redemptive. So here's the thing. As we begin to close out this morning, we've got to be wise. God often chooses to speak to us through others, but the words we hear might not be from him. There are so many things happening in our world today, and there's so many people that are proclaiming. We actually see that it's going to happen. It happens in Scripture. God says it's going to happen more and more. But listen, there's something to this. We've got to know God so that we can know his voice. We've got to know God so that we know and we hear something being spoken from him that right away the Spirit of God that's within us is confirming that it's him. Because there's so many things being spoken on TV there's so many things being spoken in podcasts that, that are being proclaimed as if they're from God, and they're just not. So this is where relationship comes into play. 
Here's, the first, here's some ways that we can be sure. Here's the first. First is considering the source. So I just mentioned that. Consider, consider the source. Who is it that's speaking? That's the first thing that we've got to do. As we hear a message, because I, I, again, the church that I grew up in, there were so many thus saith the Lord's. In fact, almost every time that word was, a prophetic word was given, it was thus saith the Lord. I'm so careful. I am so careful to say, thus saith the Lord, because I'm, I'm trying to understand what he's speaking to me. And I'm trying to understand how I'm supposed to speak it. Am I getting it right? And so many times, what you, if you'll hear this from, what you'll hear from me is, this is, this is kind of what I'm sensing, because I'm trying to make sense of it. This is what I'm sensing. And I would speak it, and then I would say this to you, hey, spend some time with Jesus and see if that makes sense for you. So the first one is, Consider the source. How well do you know them? What kind of character does this person have? Have have they been faithful in serving God? Consider the source. The second thing is pass a word through the filter of Scripture. When you hear a thus saith the Lord type of word, does it align with Scripture? You'll hear me say this over and over, even next week as we continue this series. Does it align with Scripture? Does it align with anything God has already spoken? Because if it contradicts what God has already said, then it's just not God. And we can dislike that as much as we want to, but if it contradicts something that God has already spoken, it's just, it's just not God. I've heard time and time again Christians that are just living a life that is not reflective of Jesus but would use things, well, I just feel like God's saying, no, he's not. He's not saying that. Because I can point to you to several scriptures where he's already said no. Right? Pass it through the filter of scripture. And here's another thing that you can do. Hold the word for confirmation. For me, again, it comes back to, does it even, is it even making sense right now? But hold the word for confirmation. Spend some time with Jesus and see if it confirms what you are sensing in the moment. The reality is this, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a thing that we have to be aware of. But emotions are so much a part of who we are as human beings. We have to be careful that the emotions that are happening inside aren't Uh, equated to a move of the Holy Spirit. However, sometimes they are. In fact, somebody I know that's close to me was talking about just the emotions that they see in church, uh, and it it puts them off. They don't like to see, uh, especially in a Pentecostal church, they don't like to see all the emotions that are involved in worshiping the Lord and, and services. And, and, and while I would say, man, sometimes we as human beings, we, we do uh, have an imbalance when it comes to our emotions and and the way that the Holy Spirit is moving, I also know this, that emotions have to be involved. They have to be. If you're not worshiping God with your emotions, then you're not worshiping God with everything that you are. And God wants everything. And in return, he gives us everything. For us dudes, it's a, I, think, I think it's a little more difficult for us dudes because as soon as we start find, you know, having, feeling any type of emotion, we start wrestling with it, right? Is, any guys in here admit that you would cry during a movie? 
There's been a few times like I've cried during a commercial. I'm like, what are you doing to me, God? <laughs> Crying during a commercial. Years ago, I was, uh, I was actually working summer camp, and during our break on the weekend, I went into town. My wife doesn't like violent movies. I love violent movies. D- don't raise your hand if you agree, because people might judge. I love violent movies. Anyways, I, I went into, into town to watch The Patriot. You guys remember that with Mel Gibson and... Uh, there's a particular scene that, that there's a, a lot of people in the theater. I don't think it was opening weekend, but there's a lot of people in the theater, and there's this particular scene where Mel Gibson is about to, as dad, is about to ride off. They're on the beach. You guys remember this scene? They're on the beach. Everybody is actually camping out on the beach, and, and he's about to ride off, and his daughter, who have not, hasn't spoken since his wife's death, uh, she comes running to him, Papa, Papa, don't go, or something like that. And I just remember sitting in the middle of this theater, and I started bawling, like this, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get myself together, because it's a, and it just caught me off guard. All that to say, kind of a funny story to say, man, I have learned that if I'm not worshiping God with my emotions, I'm not worshiping him with everything. It doesn't mean we always have to sob. But part of this holding for confirmation is in the moment, everything else that's happening can be distractions. So I take what God's speaking, whether that be in a moment like this or just in a moment when I'm by myself. And if it's, not, if it's a little bit fuzzy and I don't quite understand, I just hold it. I would suggest this, write it down or type it out, you know, put it in, I use Evernotes on my laptop, put it in Evernotes or whatever app that you might use, because you will forget what God said. You will. You will. So hold it for confirmation. Let's close our eyes. Listen, God's still speaking today in a variety of ways. Could we just ask him to give us ears to hear and hearts to discern, and a willingness to obey. I think the obedience part is so key. Because if we're ignoring the voice of God, then I believe we stop hearing the voice of God. He's still speaking. But the the more we ignore those, those senses and those promptings, the less frequently we have those sensing and promptings. So God, give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to discern. And and Lord, as we hear and as we discern, give us the boldness to obey. While our eyes are closed, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, you, you haven't given your life to him, surrendered your life to him, and you would like to do that this morning, I would love to give you that opportunity. And, and we don't call you down front or embarrass you in, in any way. I just want you to simply raise your hand. Uh, I'll be looking around the room, and if, if I see a hand go up, we'll pray in just a few moments. But if that's you, if you're here this morning and, and you would say, I, I, I don't know Jesus, or I'm not living for Jesus, and, but I want to. I want to give my life to him this morning. If, if that's you, could you just raise your hand? I just want to pray with you. All right. Well, God, thank you so much. Thank you for this morning and the time that you've spent with us. And uh, the time you're spending with us isn't over just because we leave these four walls. You go with us. You continue to speak to us, to guide us and direct us. And we love you, God. We love you. We love you. And we know, we have confidence that that you love us. You're an amazing God and worthy of our worship. In Jesus' name, amen.